Hey, welcome back to another rousing edition of Entertainment Beyond. As always, I am your one and only, and I say only because I never have anybody with me on my podcast, host with the most, Jensen, the beautiful and majestic Dean Jackson. And we're going to try a little something different for episode 23. I'm going to bring you some news from around the interwebs. We'll start off with the state of the new DCEU. And I believe that that the new state of the DCEU has kicked off in full with Aquaman. And now we have gotten our very first look at Margot Robbie returning to the role that made her famous. And that she kind of also made famous. It was already famous before she took it. But the role returned to the role of Harley Quinn in the new movie Birds of Prey. And the emancipation of one, or no, is it the emancipation of one fantabulous Harley Quinn? Some shit like that, I don't know, the uh, title's so fucking long. But yeah, we get our first look. She's no longer wearing those coochie cutters, the the, the ill-fitting uniform. And I guess some tidbits are saying that this... uh, the way they're taking the character, she's moving away from the Joker, so that could possibly mean the end of Jared Leto and the DCEU as the Joker, which I'm a little disappointed. I feel like his performance was shat on, and I really do think that they sold him a fucking pipe dream. I think, I mean, especially for someone like Jared Leto, front man for 30, 30, uh, was it 30 minutes or 30 seconds to Mars, talented fucking actor, Oscar nominated. You know, I think that they they sold him something that he bought into and it turned out to be a fucking a fucking lie. And then, you know, there's there's other reasons why Suicide Squad didn't do nearly as well as it should have. Chief among them being Warner Brothers letting a trailer uh, production company, a a company that cuts trailers together, go in and fuck around with David Ayer's cut of Suicide Squad, which is what we got, why we got an uneven-ass movie, because Warner Brothers let a trailer cutting company cut the movie. Terrible business. But we'll be getting the the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn, the BOP movie. I'm I'm super psyched about this movie, because Ewan McGregor is playing Richard Sionis, which is the, the Black Mask. In the Batman comics, if you're not uh, familiar with Richard Sionis, I suggest you get up on your shit and you do some investigative journalism for yourself. A uh, very interesting character has a has hardcore deep cut ties to one Selena Kyle, aka Black Cat. Uh, my bad, not the Black Cat. The Black Cat is Spider Man. Batty, uh, Catwoman has ties to Catwoman. Very hardcore, uh, very hardcore villain, I believe, in one comic book line. Uh, he murdered Catwoman's sister and force-fed her her eyeball, which is just... I mean, that lets you know the level of psychopath that the Birds of Prey and, and Harley Quinn will be dealing with. Um, James Gunn will be writing and possibly directing... Well, I guess they're going to reboot the Suicide Squad. Yeah, Uh, you know, made a bunch of money, but it was a critical disaster. 
You know, I would my if I made a movie and then I I had a really good director come and direct it and cut together and then I went to a movie trailer cutting company and told them, Hey, have your way with this guy's movie, yeah, then you know, that's what you get. See the whole problem with with the uh, we're not even gonna get into it because this is about the news. But yeah, Jimmy Gunn coming on to write and possibly direct the reboot of Suicide Squad. <clears throat> seems like an interesting prospect I'm definitely I'm down with the get down when it comes to that one as well we have another tidbit coming out of the corner of the DCEU <clears throat> and apparently Henry Cavall is not done playing the Man of Steel, but some things that are holding proceedings up. Hank wants, uh, he wants script approval, he wants director approval, and he wants a producer's credit for uh, the Man of Steel sequel. And Warner Brothers is, oh, and he wants a pay increase, too. And Warner Brothers is, uh, Super reluctant to give that to him. And you know what? We are going to get into it because it ties into the DCEU. You know, you want to know why the Justice League movie was so fucking terrible? Because higher-ups at Warner Brothers pushed the movie through to production so they can meet a deadline. And basically, without going into it, I'd have to have all the information written down, per se. But without doing a deep dive on it, they rushed rushed this movie through production so they could get a bonus pay cut. There, uh, there's some kind of clause in the contract. And so the Justice League movie, the abortion that it was, was forced through production so that they could meet that deadline so that they could get their <coughs> year-end bonus. They don't care about us. They don't care about how Zack Snyder feels. They don't care about the fact that they made a janky-ass, hot mess of a movie. It didn't matter to him. It's kind of like way back when when, uh, they made that Fantastic Four super low-budget movie. And they made made that movie just so they could retain the rights because that's how rights work when you're borrowing rights from someone else. You don't do nothing with those rights for a minute. Especially because of making movies, you've got so long to make a movie, which is what Fox kind of did with that shitty Fantastic Four movie, the latest version, the reboot, trying to be all edgy was bullshit. They just wanted to keep the rights. They didn't want the rights to revert back to Marvel, which is why they made that god-awful fucking movie. And that's kind of like what it was with DC only. They weren't going to lose no rights. They'd just lose, you know, billions of dollars going in their pocket if they didn't make a movie, which is why they forced it. They made Batman v Superman, turned around, and went and started making Justice League. So everything they're trying to course correct, they had to course correct on the fucking fly. Hence the reason, you know, we had we got the version of Justice League that we got. Had they had given Zack Snyder and the rest of the crew time to prep and kind of get some feedback of what worked and what didn't work. We might be in a different place. And this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize, okay? Man of Steel. 
through Batman v Superman, through Justice League. Zack Snyder had a five part five part movie arc. And we were gonna get to the fully realized what we know Superman as kind of Superman. Which if if anybody knows me, I'm not a fan of Superman at all. Couldn't give a shit about the last sons or son of Krypton, you know? But I was digging this version because up until then, movie-wise, we had the Richard Donner versions, and then we had that Brian Singer love letter to Richard Donner version. We had a bunch of old, old-ass old idealistic Superman movies. Batman's been doing his thing for a minute, and that's another crazy thing is that we've, we've, we have this wealth of characters in the DC universe, and we've always just kind of hovered around Batman and Superman. And now we're in a different time where, you know, Batman, Superman, a movie like Aquaman, an unproven character who's never been on the big screen, goes and makes a Billy, the first movie DC Universe-wise to make or cross a billion since The Dark Knight Rises, people. should tell you something. But I don't want to ponder, I don't want to ponder on that because it's supposed to be news, so we can just move it along. <clears throat> and the last tidbit of news, something that I'm sure we're all very aware of based on what Matt Reeves wanted to do with the Batman. I am getting reports that Ben Affleck, sad emoji face, is done with the DCE universe. I believe it's a mistake. I believe... Excuse me. I believe that his version... Was impressive as shit. Always left me wanting more. I just actually was watching the Justice League movie earlier in the week. And yeah, it is let down. Like, I still love the movie because the seven-year-old and me had always wanted to see that. But the movie's so fucked up. And they, they fucked up. Like, fuck you, Joss Whedon. You fucked up, Batman. Like, you really showed that you don't understand these characters. Go back to Marvel and play and they're brightly colored, brightly lit sandbox. Fuck off because you don't understand the fucking DC universe. Like, for fuck's sake, man. And I hate people who are like that, that think that Batman is a joke, and that his superpowers are him being rich, or some other garbage. You don't understand. You're not a true Batman fan. You would never make it in Gotham City. Fuck you and fuck people who think like you. If you're a person listening to this podcast who thinks that Batman is a joke and thinks that he could contribute absolutely nothing to a super team, it means nothing being a superhero based purely on the fact that he's just a human being with no superpowers and shitload of money, go fuck yourself right off of the go go fuck yourself right off the edge of a cliff that leads straight into the depths of hell. Okay? Do that for me. Because you don't understand, obviously. You must be a fanboy of people like Peter Parker or, or Reed Richards or Clark Kent. Anybody with superpowers because that's escapist fantasy. I like Batman because besides the fact that he has a shitload of money, he's an average ordinary Joseph just like you and me. Okay? Just like you and me. Just, just a couple billion dollars more in the bank account than we have. I can connect to a real human being man... More than I can connect to a freak alien from Krypton or where the fuck ever. I can't relate to that, nor can I trust it. I can trust Batman, and I do trust Batman. One of the best comic book characters, 
that were created by Bob Kane. Okay? Can you dig that now, motherfucker? All right. Moving out of the DC universe and into the Marvel universe with this next bit of news. And this is the only... We'll actually know there are two, two Marvel things. We'll start out with this one. Avengers 4. Reportedly going to be a three-hour-long affair. I'm not mad at that. Directors are... They've said that they've tested the three-hour screening and the three-hour screening test well. And out of the four times that they tested, the four or five times they tested, I think they tested it five times. Out of the five times they tested it, the first four times, no one went to use the bathroom. On the fourth time, people did. And they're saying that they're going to release this cut. You know, there's a lot that they have to unpack with everything that happened in Infinity War. And there, there's so many characters, so... A three-hour cut seems inevitable, and I'm down with that. You know what I'm saying? This is ten years of build-up going all the way back to Iron Man 1. I've been with this. Like so many other people, I've been with this franchise for a long time. I want to see how it ends. I'm hoping, you know... Everybody out there in the interwebs might get mad about this one, but I want to see, I almost need to see Tony Stark die. It started with him. It needs, this chapter opened with Tony, and I think the chapter needs to close with Tony's passing. I love RDJ, I love what he's done with the character, but it has to end like that. There is no other way. And I remember when I saw uh, Infinity War the first time, and I don't know why I'm saying spoiler warning. If you haven't seen this movie crawl back under the rock you were living underneath. But when Thanos stabs Tony with his own Iron Man sword thingy, I clapped very loudly in the theater. And it was dead silent. People were looking at me mad. And I was like, this is... This is what I came for. And he fucking survived. You know, whatever. Finish the fight. But it is time for Iron Man to move on. But yeah, no. Back to that that, that news. I, I think uh, it's a three-hour cut and they're discussing the possibility of having an intermission. You know, so people can re-up on concessions, take a, take a pee break, do whatever. You know what I'm saying? And I I gotta say, you know, last time I remember there being an intermission for a movie was when it was a double header movie. It was a, it was a, they don't do intermissions anymore for movies because people, it's all about instant gratification and people just don't go for that apparently no more. I think it's, if nothing else, it's a cool little throwback to a far forgotten time of what part of the movie going cinema experience used to be. Intermissions were were a staple of going to see a movie. It's just what it was. And it's nice to stretch your legs, be able to get up, kind of be contemplative about what you've just seen before you go back to see more of what you've just seen or see another movie. 
I actually enjoy intermissions. You know, they do those in theater and in opera and, and the like. I just don't know if it'll be plausible for um, <clears throat> the mainstream audience, especially children. I don't even know if you if I would take my kid to see a damn three-hour movie because kids kind of don't really have long attention spans. And I feel like comic book movies, as they are, already kind of are testing the limits of how long you can make a child sit down and stay still. But I, I'm I'm fully in the corner for the intermission. I, I'm not mad at it. I dig it, you know, but I'm just one of, you know, billions of people. And those other ones probably won't dig it at all. And the second piece of Marvel news that we have is the announcement that Black Panther has been included in the Best Picture category at the Oscars. <clears throat> I just got to say up front, it's not going to make me watch the Oscars, you know, uh, nothing personal to you. But the Oscars cater to one particular type of demographic, and that is crusty old ass white people with their prestige pictures and the boring bullshit that only a crusty old white motherfucker would enjoy. OK, you know, OK, so what? They tossed Heath Ledger a post-humanist uh, Best Supporting Actor Oscar back in 08 for The Dark Knight. That didn't matter, though. You know why? Because that was... It just didn't matter. And my issue with this one is not only has Black Panther been nominated, which congrats uh, Mazel Tov to Ryan Coogler and the cast of Black Panther. You guys fucking deserve it. But there's another black man who I feel deserves it even more than T'Challa. And that would be Spike Lee and his nomination for Black Klansmen, which it's kind of fucked up that a black man has to make a movie about a black man infiltrating the Ku Klux Klan before he is um, acknowledged Spike Lee's been doing his shit for a long time, man. They left him out of the Best Picture nomination way back when for Do the Right Thing. I believe Driving Miss Daisy won that year. And this is what I'm saying. My fucking issue with this is that the, the, the what I just said about the movie that he got nominated for. But the fact that there, it's more than likely to appease a bunch of people, not even really, and this is what's so fucked up about the whole thing, is I fully believe that the people who nominate films and the Oscars, they're going to choose Black Panther, but they're not choosing it because it truly was a good movie. They're choosing it because it's the popular opinion thing to do, and they're afraid of being deemed too out of touch and irrelevant with the times. And I think if anybody, Spike Lee, deserves it more. I think his movie really had, I mean, they both had messages. But the reasoning for giving one versus giving the other is greater towards Spike Lee. I'm not going to be mad if Black Panther wins because that's another win for black history. But at the same time, it's a, it's a backhanded victory. You know what I'm saying? And that's all I'll say about that. My last little bit of news 
for the day, or for this podcast, I should say, is the fact that Christopher McQuarrie is coming back to shoot Mission Impossible 7 and 8. He's going to shoot them back to back, and he's going to write both of the scripts. And I think for anybody, uh, you know, you, you can't get any better love than Chris McQuarrie on the MI uh, series, the uh, the IM series, Mission Impossible. Yeah, I said it for, right the first time, the MI series. Um, there are also some reports that they're going to bring back Henry Cavall and Alec Baldwin. Uh, whether those are flashbacks or not, who knows? And that's funny, I was kind of thinking at the end of Mission Impossible Fallout, you know, again, spoiler warning, warning if you haven't seen the movie, but Tom Cruise's Ethan Hunt kills Henry Cavall's, uh, whatever the fuck his character's name was, the CIA double agent. And I was thinking, like, they shouldn't have killed him because now how are they going to bring him back? And it turns out they want to bring him back and reports are saying that it might be through flashbacks or whatnot. Uh, what I can say about Mission Impossible 7 and 8 is expect more good shit because it's being written and directed by Chris McQuarrie. If you didn't know, he is responsible for the the best entries in the series. And that's coming from a guy who really, really likes Mission Impossible 2, directed by John Woo. And all right, you guys, that's going to have to be it for another episode of Entertainment Beyond. Congratulations, y'all. We made it to the end. Cali, we made it. California, we made it, baby. All right. Catch me next time, and I do have some shout-outs. I'd like to shout-out the amazing crew over at Above the Airwaves. They're a lot more smooth at what they do. Check them out. Uh, Tony Tran, awesome, awesome guy. Natalia Wolf, his his lovely girlfriend. Good people. Uh, they know what they're doing. They make it seem so easy, and it's not as boring because they have other people to bounce their ideas off of, whereas you're just getting my opinion. I'd love to have some people on there. I've even requested them before. No one gets back to me, so I guess I'm just doing this solo thing, you know, Batman style. Who needs a team when you got yourself? All right, people. Well, I'll catch you on the flip-flop and on the tip-top. Have a nice day and stay warm because it's cold as fuck outside with the snow. So stay safe. If you got a car with no chains on, either put chains on or don't drive. Don't be a dummy and put other people's lives at risk. Because you think you need to get somewhere. Stay inside. Bundled up with a bottle of red wine. Or some brandy. And you know. Listen to my podcast. Alright I'll catch you later. Goodbye.